Women Taking the Lead, episode 181. Um, Definitely don't think too much. I think the reason why I'm so good at doing five things instead of doing two things is because if I only do two things, I tend to overthink those things. Um, You know, so really just like trusting your gut and just like doing what you need to do. That's what I would recommend. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Every child wants to be the hero of their own story. At JulesCustomBooks.com, your child plays the central role in every book, bringing joy and delight when they hear their name and those of their family and friends. Visit JulesCustomBooks.com to make your child the star of the show. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Millie Welsh, who is the founder of Zebra Love Web Solutions, a web development company in Portland, Maine, that specializes in web design and development, mobile app development, and search engine optimization. Millie started Zebra Love in 2006 and loves to help businesses, small and large, achieve the online presence they need to grow to the next level. Millie is currently working on a mobile app called Vibe Squirrel that will come out for iOS and Android in early 2017, and she's one of the sponsors for Women Taking the Lead. Yay! So Millie, that is just a little intro for everyone, so tell us a little bit more about you and your own humble beginnings. Well, thank you so much, Jody. Um, so the one thing I really like about your show is that it shows that there's a process to becoming a leader. It's not something that, you know, people typically have from birth. And um, definitely something that no one would have said about me when I was younger is like, yeah, I think that girl is going to be a great leader when she grows up. Um, yeah, for real. So as a kid, I didn't get good grades. Um, I wasn't well-liked by my peers. I was pretty much always in trouble. Um, and it wasn't that I wasn't smart or that I had a bad home life or anything. Honestly, it was just that, you know, really due to the fact that I just had so much energy. Um, when I was in school or when anyone's in school, they expect you to, you know, just sit down and pay attention. And that's just not something I was capable of early on. Um, you know, and as I got older, though, I did eventually, you know, figure out how to turn my high energy into a positive instead of a negative. Um, definitely high school was a time when that really turned around for me. Um, high school, I kind of felt like it was a bit more self-directed and less structured. Um, I was always really good at art when I was a kid. And in high school, I actually went to vocational school half the day to study art which is something, you know, I was really interested in. So it was easier for me to pay attention. Um, when I was a teenager, I kind of discovered that it was just a lot easier for me, you know, to have a job and then play sports after school and to get all my work done. Um, so that was something, you know, that I actually figured out that I was good at. Um, I'm actually better at juggling five things um, instead of like two things. So two things is a struggle for me, but five things, I, I got that all day. <laughs> <laughs> 
I can almost relate to that, Millie. I know you have way more energy than I do because we know each other personally as well. Um, So I see you live and I see all the energy you have, but I can totally relate to that feeling of if I only have two things and it's not occupying my attention, I am all over the place and distracted and have a hard time completing it. But when I have a lot on my plate and deadlines looming, there's nothing for me to do but focus. Like it has to get done. And so uh, that is awesome because I can totally relate to that. And I have to say you're the first guest I've had on this show um, who was developing their own mobile app. And I know we're going to get into that a little bit more, but I just had to mention that because that is just not something I've heard somebody be like, oh, yeah, no, by the way, I'm creating my own mobile app. So I love that um, we have a diverse group of women who come on this show. So thank you for coming on and continuing to round out that sphere because I know there are women out there who are thinking about going into technology and coding and all of that stuff. And they don't always have women in their lives, you know, that they can talk to or relate to um, who are interested in those things. So you definitely represent that sector. And you've come a long way from those early years of not knowing what to do with all your energy. And knowing you personally, I know that you're having directed that energy now into your business. Mm-hmm. That has been a big deal. Um, and you really took off from, we both started um, our, used to actually, you started your business a few years before I did, but we were both still in the early stages of our business when we started to get to know each other. And you have come so far. And I know from the first time I met you, your confidence level has just skyrocketed. Um, it's, it's just amazing when you can watch somebody's evolution in their business. But if you could, Millie, take us back to a time when um, you maybe weren't so confident in your skills, um, when a moment when you were playing small, and you may not have been aware of it at the time. A lot of times these moments, it's only in retrospect that we realize we were undervaluing like our capabilities. So if you could share with us the story and the lessons you've learned. Well, okay, so my playing small moment, it's something I did a lot, but then I did it this one time, like, really badly. Um, So I got a really big project, and I was working with a graphic designer, um, but I did all of the programming by myself. And this was a, this was a project that had a lot of moving parts. You know, there was a lot of data that had to go back and forth between different servers. There was a mobile app. Um, You know, there was all these things to it. And I just didn't ask for help. I mean, the project came out fine and, you know, I got it done, but it was just one of those things where, you know, I suffered a lot during that time, you know, because I didn't ask for help and because I didn't hire anybody else to work on it. And and, and I did that for a couple different reasons. And, you know, I'm a self-taught programmer. So I did go to school um, for art, like I said. And so it's not like I, you know had, you know, come from a computer science degree, like I have an art background. And so, you know, one day, you know, I actually was working at Portland Pottery um, for a while. And one day I was just like, oh, I'm just going to like, you know, start my own business doing web development, which was, you know, something I didn't really know a lot about. Um, you know, so it was really like trial by fire. And I pretty much just taught myself everything. But I was really kind of scared to work with other developers because I was scared that they would figure out like that I was a fraud. You know how we how we do that. You know, that's yeah. pretty common. Um, 
But, you know, so there was that. And so I had this like enormous project and I, you know, I got three hours of sleep every night and I had kids at the time too. So thank God my husband was really supportive because he really got me through that time. But, you know, and I, I, I figured out after, I mean, I learned a whole lot from the project. It wasn't as though, you know, I didn't complete it and I didn't do a good job, but I definitely, definitely suffered in a way that I didn't need to. And so that's something that I knew I needed to work on moving forward. Yeah. You know, I love that story, Millie, because I know a lot of women in this community and I know I'm, I'm uh, subject to this myself is that a lot of times we think that we can just do it on our own. Like, and there shouldn't be a reason why we can't do it on our own. And when we struggle doing it on our own, we make it mean something bad about us, you know, that we're not good enough or we're just not capable. And I agree with you. Like sometimes we, we, we doubt our own skills and abilities so much that we don't want people to get too close to the process <laughs> because right. they might end up figuring it out. Like you said, and that's just the imposter syndrome that, and it's not real, you know, because I know um, for you, especially there are some people who are in some big, you know, IT companies and, and right. very knowledgeable about whether or not somebody has programming skills and they're constantly raving about you. So I know even though you are self-taught, you are really good. Like you did a really good job self-teaching <laughs> yourself. Did you? <laughs> you're welcome. Um, because you've, you've just got it down and you're also really great on, um, you know, when you need to develop a new skill, you just do it. And, you know, to be honest, I think a lot of programmers have to go through that because, you know, if you went to school 10 years ago for computer programming, there's no way that you're up on everything that's going on today if you haven't continued to teach yourself and to research what the changes are. I mean, computer programming, that it, it's just a right. field that is constantly developing. So even if you have your degree in it, you have to continue your education afterwards. So I definitely can relate to that. And now, Millie, if you could share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake-up call. Take us back to that moment and share the steps you took that led to your success. Well, it actually was a pretty recent thing and it happened, you know, a few things happened um, really last year. I met a couple people. Um, one of them was she was a programmer, but she and she had gone to school, but she was mostly mostly uh, a front end web developer. And that's more like web design, you know, CSS, HTML. And what she really wanted to be was more of a back end web developer. And, you know, she was a friend of a friend and I had met her and she was really underemployed. She, you know, wasn't making a lot of money and she was just, you know, working for a company where she got to do some website stuff, but not as much as she wanted. And I sort of, you know, just, you know, I, I realized that I was in a position to help her. And for no other reason just to help her, I, you know, I decided to take her under, you know, my wing and, you know, just kind of show her some stuff. And then, um, you know, I also met um, a copywriter last year and, you know, she, you know, I was going to be making her a website and then she calls me, you know, I hadn't really heard from her. And then she calls me a couple months later and she's like, you know, I think I'm going to have to scrap, scrap the web development project because, you know, I think I'm actually just going to go get a job. And I started to talk to her and I realized that she really didn't want to do that. You know, and um, in addition to like the programming, I do a lot of search engine optimization. So I was like, well, you know, I always need to hire people, you know, for for blog posts and, and for doing some copywriting for websites. Like, why don't you come and meet my team and maybe, you know, we can work together on some projects. And, you know, in both of those instances, I just wanted to help them. 
But what ended up happening is was I was able to grow my business to the next level by helping them. And I think the big thing is like, you know, and I think this is sort of like the one leadership thing that, you know, everybody should know if you want other people to help you, you know, you really need to care about where what they're doing and what their goals are, because if you help them, then, you know, a lot of help is going to come to you naturally. You know what, Millie, I love that story because it, because a few years ago when we were talking about like the possibility of you expanding your team and hiring, you were very hesitant because you had tried out a couple of people, but your relationship with them was just you needed work done and you would pay them upon completion. And that's all the relationship was. And you found that, you know, the people you had that type of relationship with, they weren't very reliable. And it made you nervous to continue those types of relationships. So it's so interesting now to hear the story a few years later, where you realize the key is to actually find out what people need and see if you can help them. And those are the people you can trust. And they're so grateful for to you for the opportunity that you know, you can rely on them. Yeah, that's so true, Jody. Absolutely. Yeah. So coming from that place of being of service rather than just looking for, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, just a quick collaboration is, yeah. is the key. <laughs> cool. Well, Millie, this is a great segue because this kind of leans towards the leadership style that you're now developing, right. you know, um, and it, it's really important for everyone to, to recognize that, you know, there's no one way to lead. We're all going to bring <laughs> our different interests and strengths to the table um, when we act as a leader. Of course, there are foundational things like you've really got to be a good listener. you got to be interested in building relationships, be interested in other people, like you said. But how, Millie, how would you describe your unique leadership style? Well, I definitely have a collaborative leadership style. I mean, for one, I don't have the structure involved in my brain, like to be more directive. Like I do not like to tell people what to do because I don't like people telling me what to do. You know, that's why I have my own business. Um, but I do, I work with a team and some of them have their own businesses and then some of them work directly for me. Um, you know, and, and we meet a lot. I mean, collaborative leadership takes a lot longer because you have to have a lot of meetings and you have to listen to everybody's ideas. But I do feel like in the end, you come up with better ideas and it's just easier to, to figure out like what part of the puzzle those people are going to play because, you know, they have a stake in it and you, you really get to know like who they are and what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, in my head, I'm imagining that conversation goes a lot better, you know, as opposed to saying, this is how I want you to do it is saying, how do you plan on doing that? Just so we can tie all the pieces together. And then people feel like they're contributing and they're bringing something to the table and you get more buy-in that way. Absolutely. I love it. So here's the question I've been dying to ask you. What is one thing that you're working on right now that you're really excited about and want to share with us? Well, I am crazy excited about the app that I'm working on. And it's called Vibe Squirrel, which I know is kind of a silly name. But um, and it's basically the first project that ever where I'm doing this for myself. I'm not actually getting hired by somebody to do it. Um, you know, and basically it's just a random positive messaging app. Um, there is just so much negativity, especially right now, because we're, you know, we're in an election year and this is just normal, but it just seems, I know it seems worse this year and we're recording this like before the election, you know, but I just, I basically just with all that negative stuff that's going on, I just want to build something where the only purpose is to just lift people up. 
Um, you know, and basically how it works is that randomly throughout the week, um, you will get positive messages through your phone's push notifications, and I call them vibes. Um, and if you go into the app, it turns the vibe into a meme that you can later share on social media. Um, you can also stash it, you know, because of the whole squirrel thing. And then basically, uh, which basically means you can save it for later on. So if you want to look at it later, um, it's going to be a completely free app. Um, my hope is that someone somewhere just gets a vibe when they're in a really dark place and it helps them see the situation differently. Um, and that's why I'm making it random also, because if you send push notifications like every day at like 10 a.m., you know, people will expect it and it stops having an impact. But I think by making it random, um, there's a better chance to get that message, you know, out to somebody at the right time. Um, it's still in development and it's, you know, so I'm hoping that it will come out early, um, next year for both Android and iPhone. Um, and this is an app that I really want to be community supported. And if anyone listening wants to help out and, and you know, they can do so in a number of ways. So um, if you go to vibesquirrel.com, you can actually submit vibes and images um, to turn the vibes into memes. And these are all basically there's a, you know, editorial process. So you can't just like put whatever you want and actually have it get somewhere. Um and I also have a Kickstarter campaign going, and I'm definitely not paying myself to make the app, but I am trying to raise money to market it because, you know, to do any kind of advertising, you know, that will require some money. Um, and again, you can get the link for that by going to vibesquirrel.com. I love that. I can't wait. And I love how the messages come randomly because you then you never know. You know, right. and you feel like, oh, if it comes through, I should read it right now because it's timely. Like, you know, feeling like the universe is sending you this message, not just Vibe Squirrel. Right. It was brilliant. All right, Millie. And on the flip side of things, what is the biggest leadership or business challenge that you're faced with right now? Um, it's definitely, um, you know, an employment thing. So I have a part time person that works for me that I want to make full time. But, you know, taking that jump is kind of scary. So, you know, you just have to make sure you have enough money. You know, this is something that definitely comes up on your show a lot, for sure. Yeah. And getting all the pieces in place, because, you know, there is, a, you know, when I'm talking to my clients and they report that, you know, we're kind of gauging, like, what's the level of discomfort? Right now, because, you know, you're taking on more work, but you don't have enough people to give it away to. And there's got to be a tipping point. There's got to be a point at which you just make the decision and move forward. And a lot of it is just making sure you have a really good funnel to keep bringing referrals and business into your business. Right. Love it. All right. And really tell us about the people you have around you that make it possible for you to, you know, achieve the level of success that you have and to continue to grow it? Um, there are so many people. I mean, definitely my husband. Um, you know, he does, you know, in our family, he does half the work because I work a lot, you know. So he really steps up and, and he, you know, I have a really crazy schedule and he takes care of the kids and he doesn't complain. And he really gets what I'm trying to do. Um, so he's very supportive and I definitely couldn't do it without him. Um, you know, and then the people on my team, you know, Noelle and Lynn and Kimmy and Scott and Mike, you know, I have a great team that I work with that help me, you know, get things done on a regular basis and different capacities. Um, you know, I have to rely a lot on other people like my parents. I mean, 
you know, my dad, he's an engineer. Like he's actually the one that really pushed me in sort of a technology um, direction, which is not something that, you know, somebody usually does for their daughters. You know, that's not, that's not, you know, and, and for him, it was just like, yeah, no brainer. Cause he just wanted me to make money when I got out of college. But, but I was really, you know, I think that really helped me a lot, but you know, my parents watch my kids. Jake's mother, um, watches my kids a lot. Um, you know, and even just random people in the community, like my neighbor, you know, sometimes I'll just send my kids down there, you know, to, to do something, but really it just, it takes it, it takes a community. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. I love the expression. It takes a village, you know, and I think in some communities they they've gone away from that where a lot of people don't know their neighbors, but I remember, and I, and I believe you, you have this experience right now too, where, you know, I remember being little and stepping out and there were like houses like all around us full of families and you knew you could go up to them and knock on the door if you ever needed anything. Right. Exactly. And, and the, and the moms and the pan, the dads would, would definitely like come to come to the fore and, and be helpful. So that's amazing. All right, Millie, now we're in the quick leadership roundup. So tell us what is one practice that you have that helps to make you a better leader? Um, basically, you know, this really comes back to my aha moment, but when I start working with somebody, I usually like to have a heart to heart with them and figure out like where, where they want to go, like what's their dream, because that way I can really figure out how they fit into my team, but also how I can help them moving forward so that, you know, they're getting what they need out of the situation, you know, so they don't leave me down the road. I mean, and it really isn't about me, but I really also just love to, you know, see people, you know, make their goals and, and just have a really positive, awesome life. So. Yeah. You're the type of person I can't even imagine you having somebody on your team that you don't also know personally as well. Right. And when I say personally, I mean, really personally, like this is a person you would invite to have dinner in your home, you know, at any, any given point. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Emily, what is one book that you would recommend to another woman to help her develop her leadership? Um, okay. So I have to be honest, I have never read a leadership book, but I have, you know, cause in the last 10 years, you know, I've had kids and I've been, you know, I've read a lot of programming manuals and a lot of kids books, but you know, not so much leadership books. However, I picked the little engine that could. You know, because I think there are a lot of really good leadership lessons in that book. Um, so basically the, the little engine that could, you know, she, she's slower than the other engines, but you know, she definitely, she gets to her destination and she just kind of keeps moving forward. And the one thing I really like about that book too is, you know, cause like, especially in business, but even in like just developing your career, like people have this idea that they have to do it really fast. But you don't necessarily have to do it really fast. I mean, like I grew my business quite slowly. I mean, I did have three kids while I, you know, while I was growing my business. So that was more of a necessity. But what I've really liked about it is that I've been been able to become really well positioned in the market now because it changed a lot. So I was able to pivot into like mobile apps and search engine optimization and, and some of these things, whereas like a lot of the businesses that went, you know, gung ho and really fast, like they're not in business anymore. So I definitely think like there's a, you know, in leadership, slow and steady, you know, you don't always have to get there overnight. Yeah, I, I love that. You that you said that because I find sometimes when I'm going too fast, I end up having to redo work anyway, you know, so being mindful, being, you know, very conscious of what I'm doing in my business actually saves me a lot of time. So I love that you gave that advice. 
Um, and Millie, what advice would you give your younger self? Um, definitely don't think too much. Um, you know, I, I think the reason why I'm so good at doing five things instead of doing two things is because if I only do two things, I tend to overthink those things. Um, you know, so really just like trusting your gut and just like doing what you need to do. That's what I would recommend. Love it. And really share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. All right. I got this off of Vibe Squirrel. And it's each of your cells is a galaxy in the universe that is your body. You are full of amazing things. And that really resonates with me because I think sometimes people get way too focused on like what they're doing and like all their stress. And if I don't do this, like this will happen. And I really like to just kind of zoom out and then just like kind of see how amazing life is because life is really freaking amazing. And, you know, and I, it just makes me feel better. And it's sort of how I'm able, you know, to just get up every day with a smile on my face, even though I do have a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, changing your perspective on things absolutely makes a difference. And I think that's why we focus so much and, and make jokes of first world problems, right? Because right. most of the things that stress us out are not things that would endanger us. Right. They're really not things that would cause us harm. You know, I, I was sharing with a, a, a client the other day about how much stress I experienced because I thought my computer had a virus and I had to give it over to, you know, the technician for half a day. And I was freaking out about it. And, you know, but what helped me was to think about tonight, I'm going to sleep in a warm bed and I'll have a meal before I do so. And I'm going to wake up tomorrow well rested, you know, and like, and so everything's okay with the world, you know, and I like your added layer of the world is amazing. Like, let's appreciate that. So love that. Emily, lastly, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? Wow. So I'm already a sponsor. So my ad's going to come up. <laughs> so I'm just going to give you all of the vibe squirrel ways to contact me. So um, you know, as I mentioned, vibesworld.com, you can go there and you could, um, you know, donate to the Kickstarter if you want or just submit vibes or, or whatever. You know, we're on Twitter and the handle is at vibesworld, um, Instagram at vibesworld, Facebook at vibesworld and Pinterest is also pinterest.com slash vibesworld. So basically by just Googling vibe squirrel, you'll be able to find me and, um, and the project that I'm working on. Yeah. And I imagine you have all the social media icons on your website as well. Yes. So if absolutely. they go there, they can find you on any platform. That is perfect. And so for those of you who are listening, I know oftentimes you're on the go, you're out for a run, you're in the car on the way somewhere, you know, don't worry about the spelling of squirrel and all of that. You can find what, what was that Millie? I said it is hard to spell. Yeah. Yes, I'm always like one R, two R's, but I figured it out. It's two. So for those of you listening, you can find all the links and resources that Millie shared on this episode at womentakingthelead.com. And Millie, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Thanks so much, Jody. I really appreciate it. Your website tells a story about your business. At Zebra Love Web Solutions, Millie and her team are going to make sure your website tells the story you want your customers to hear. Connect with Millie at ZebraLoveWebSolutions.com to create the impression you want to make. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. 
Are you ready to take the lead in your own life but need some support? Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash contact to introduce yourself. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining with me and here's to your success.